You may be seated. Some of you that get the 3D devotion know that the uh, title of the sermon this morning is Poke Salad and Sweet Potatoes. Now you can spell Poke Salad two different ways. I think he's going to put it up on the screen because you need to know how to spell it. So Lana looked it up and you can spell it two different ways. Poke Salad or Poke, P-O-L-K. That's the way they say it on Sand Mountain, Salad, Poke Salad. Now, I'm just curious if any of you ever had poke salad. How many of us here? Glory to God, there's a lot of you. Did you like it? Eh, okay, we all got the same thing. If you don't know what poke salad is, if you're not from the South, we've got you a picture. Now, the stem is purple. It's basically just a weed. Many people use a weed eater and get rid of it. But uh, kids do not eat those berries. They can make you sick. But now herbalists use those berries. You can dry them out for different reasons. But the leaves you take, and you need to know how to fix them and prepare them properly. So don't just do it haphazardly. Go online if you want to eat some and make sure that you know what it is. But that's poke salad if you didn't know that. And uh, if you never eat any, you'll be okay. But uh, I'm going to share a story in just a moment. I'm going to share two stories with you about two ladies from the church that I pastored in Crossville that I had some interesting meals with. I think I've shared one of those meals with you, but we're also going to read about an interesting meal that Jesus shared with people about in John 6. The first story involves Nellie Anderson. Miss Nellie Anderson is the grandmother of Kara Roberts. Many of you know Lee and Kara Roberts in our church. Linton, their son Linton, and their, their son Anderson is named after grandmother and granddaddy Anderson. So Miss Nellie was a member of my church up at Crossville. Now, she lives somewhere between Geraldine, Crossville, and Skirm, right in that area. So now you got it. you got the visual. You know where she's from. Miss Nellie had a raspy voice, and she also her, she had some tremors. And she and I and my mom talked about that. But Miss Nellie would talk, and she'd, Brother Beck, I want you to come and eat lunch with me. And I want to serve to you my husband Homer's favorite lunch when he'd come in out of the field. I said, I'd be glad to. So I went to her house and came in the front door and I could smell food cooking. And she said, come on in the kitchen, I'm finishing up. And there was a big iron skillet and it had some huge sausage patties. Fresh sausage ground right there locally. Fresh sausage patties at lunchtime. And in the oven, sweet potatoes. Don't knock it until you've tried it. It is a great combination. Fried sausage and sweet potatoes. We had other things that went with it, but it was delicious. And I got to put my feet under her table and we fellowshiped together. An interesting meal. Jesus is going to describe to us in John the 6th chapter an even more interesting meal. Kind of strange. I want you to imagine if you were there, you were standing there when He said these words. Keep in mind that in John the 6th chapter, it's 71 verses long, but the first part of The chapter, Jesus feeds 5,000 people. So there's fellowship in the meal, and He feeds 5,000, the loaves and the fishes. And so He has mentioned about Him being the bread of life. And then some of them bring up the discussion, the Jews do there, about manna. God fed us manna and Moses. And so there's a conversation about manna. And then Jesus makes this bold claim, one of His I am statements in John. And that's where we're going to begin reading in John 6, verse 51. Jesus said, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. 
If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. Again, we've heard the gospel. We've heard this. I've preached on this. Vicky has the common scripture that we use. But what if you were standing there and this man whom you don't really know is just declared to you that I'm the bread of life and unless you eat my flesh, you will not have eternal life. The Jews standing there in verse 51, Jews therefore they quarreled among themselves saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him or her up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats... He just keeps repeating it again... I don't know that, but what if I were standing there, I might have thought, this guy's nuts. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. If you read the rest of chapter 6, you'll know that the Bible tells us that some of the disciples turned and they walked away. And Jesus drew the twelve to him, and he said, do you also want to walk away? And of course, Simon Peter said, Lord, to whom shall I go? Powerful Scripture. To whom shall I go? For we have come to know that Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Who else are we going to turn to for eternal life? Jesus said, unless you eat my flesh and unless you drink my blood, you'll have no part with me. Usually when people ask me, do you take the Bible literally? I just usually say yes, so that there's no confusion. Because everybody has an interpretation of what the word literally might mean. I realize there's symbols in there, and this is one of those cases where this is a powerful symbol. Jesus is talking about He's going to die on the cross. They didn't fully understand it there, but we have the gospel. We know what happened. But what does He mean? Well, He literally means you better accept Him for the atonement of your sins or you will not have eternal life. That's literally what He means. I am your Redeemer. I am your Savior. I came and I died on the cross for you. You literally must receive that. You literally must accept that. That's what Jesus is talking about. Jesus' discourse on the bread of life, which began back in verse 25, comes to a very pointed conclusion in these verses. In the wilderness, the children of Israel ate manna, and they were sustained for their journey 40 years to the promised land. Yet they all inevitably died. Jesus, on the other hand, provides a food that will sustain you even into eternal life. This food is His flesh and His blood. That is, it is His sacrificial offering of Himself upon the cross. The person who eats His body and drinks His blood is the person who believes in Jesus Christ as the crucified Son of God. That is the Gospel. Brother Clark Pope, I quote him sometimes, Reverend Clark Pope. He's gone on to be with the Lord. He was my pastor for about 18 months. It was at an integral time in my life. It was during the mid-80s. I was over here at Central United Methodist Church. Brother George Krill was my pastor for almost five years, and I answered the call to preach in 1988. Clark Pope came to Central during that time while I was finishing at Jacksonville 
before I went on to Asbury Seminary. I tell people being under George Creel and Clark Pope, I already had a master's degree before I got to go get my master's degree. I did learn a lot from them. Here's a quote that he said, and you've probably heard me say it before. One sermon, Clark Pope was speaking about the American church, and he said that we have become inoculated to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Inoculated, immune to. Do you understand what he meant? We have been so blessed to know who Jesus is that if we're not careful, if we do not remain humble and repentant of heart, we are in danger of taking Him for granted. That's what He meant. If we're not careful, to put it in my own way, because we've heard the Gospel so much, that if we don't step back from time to time, and, and a part of having communion is Jesus said, I want you to do this, and I want you to remember. So we have to do that. Our human nature is, is to forget, and we have to be reminded so that we don't want to come to communion. We don't want to come to the Gospel and sort of yawn about it. Yeah, we're, having, we're having communion today. If we're not careful, we can become inoculated. I think that's what he meant. That's at least the way I took it. Sheila Freeman is on staff here at our church. She's our discipleship and children's coordinator. Many of you get the 3D devotions that we send out. If you don't, I'm going to share a line with you. This was a couple of weeks ago in one of her devotions. She quoted Martin Luther, Martin of the Reformation, Martin Luther. He said this, The whole, W-H-O-L-E, the whole of the Christian life is repentance. Just let that hang there for a minute. I affirm that. The whole of the Christian life is repentance. I thought back over my ministry, and I know that I, I feel like part of my call and anointing is to preach repentance. I've emphasized and I've preached the power of repentance in all of my ministry, and I'll continue to do that. If you ever get to the place in your journey with Jesus Christ, and somehow you think you've arrived, that kind of attitude, I caution you. If you ever think that you are above repentance, May God have mercy on your soul in the day of judgment. Repentance is the entrance by which we come to the throne of grace. Nobody comes any other way. The Gospel and the Word of God are clear on that. We are sinners and we need a Savior. We do not need to take repentance for granted. Repentance is what brings us to the table and brings us in a right attitude. In a moment, Vicky's going to give an invitation there. In our, and as United Methodists, we always ask, you who truly and earnestly do repent of your sins. We ask that every time that we have communion. Why? Because it's so biblical and it's so true. Let me share with you another interesting meal about the Pope salad. It comes from Miss Ethel Aders. She was in her 90s when I pastored her also up at Crossville. And it was her tradition at this time of the year when Pope salad comes in, that she had to eat it every year, and she decided that I needed to come eat it with her. So probably four or five years in a row, I went and I had poke salad, sometimes more than once. God bless me. Now, I don't know if there's some, something behind this, but she always served it with eggs. Is there something to that? And I mean, I thought the more eggs, the better. Because I mean, I, yeah, could I have another egg? Because 
it tastes sort of like spinach, but you want to put eggs in there with it. And I always ask, you know, please give me more eggs. But what I want to share with you, and I'm going to paraphrase Miss, uh, Miss Ethel Aders. Again, I, I shared in her funeral, and I shared this story at her funeral. She always, when we fellowship together around the meal, around folks' alley, she'd say, oh, Brother Harvey, oh, Brother Harvey, I just don't know what this world's coming to. Her generation has seen a lot of changes in this world. Oh, Brother Beck, I just don't know what this world's coming to. But son, you just keep preaching about Jesus and Him crucified because that's what the world needs. That hasn't changed. It'll never change. It's Christ and Him crucified. I read earlier, and I want to share this invitation with you again in Matthew 11. Matthew the 11th chapter, Jesus said, Come to Me. I said it before. I'll say it again. The word come... The word come is the most beautiful word that Jesus ever said to you. Come to me. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I wonder what all that means. We've experienced and have a taste of it. Come unto me, all you labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest. For your souls. Do you desire the rest that Jesus speaks about? I believe most of you do, and you've entered into it in a personal relationship with Him. You've tasted the spiritual rest that He speaks of. That rest that is within that you know that this is not all there is. There's the place that this one who came from heaven and gave His body and His blood for us, that we can have an eternal rest. True rest is discovered through true repentance. An humble heart before God. I want to close and give you an invitation from Charles Wesley. I'm going to read four verses from Charles Wesley. That's John Wesley's brother. He wrote several thousand hymns. Now the one that I'm about to share with you has 16 verses. They like to write those Wesleys. 16 verses. Now, there are two songs in our hymn book with this title. Come, Sinners to the Gospel Feast. Come, Sinners to the Gospel Feast is the title of two songs in our hymn book written by Wesley. It has five verses apiece. You can look at it later, not right now. There are five verses in there of each song. But he wrote it and it has 16 verses. I'm just going to share four of them with you as an invitation to come to his table. Here are the four verses that I chose from Charles Wesley. Come sinners to the gospel feast. Let every soul be Jesus' guest. You need not one be left behind, for God hath bid all humankind. Sent by my Lord on you I call. The invitation is to all. Come, all the world, come sinner, thou. All things in Christ are ready now. Come, all you souls by sin oppressed. You restless wanderers after rest. You poor, you maimed, you sick, and you blind. In Christ, a hearty welcome find. Come and partake the gospel feast. Be saved from sin in Jesus' rest. Oh, taste the goodness of your God. I like that line. Oh, taste the goodness of your God and eat His flesh 
and drink His blood. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we praise You that You have said to us, Come. Holy Spirit, remind us of the power of repentance and the power of remembering that we need a Savior. We need somebody to redeem us. We need somebody to reconcile us. Thank you, God, for the power of repentance. Bless this communion table that you've invited us to and remind us of what an absolute privilege it is that we have been invited to dine with the King of kings and the Lord of lords because you want us to be sons and daughters of yours. Praise you, God, for this meal. May you bless this moment for eternity, for we pray it in the name of Jesus Christ and all the people said, Amen.